Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blessings and a wonderfully blessed and great afternoon to you. I pray that you are having a blessed, blessed day. I am Elder Coilette James. This is the It's Real Radio blog talk show. And we are just here to just kind of spend some time with you today. I don't have a specific topic on today. Just some, you know, we're just going to kind of have a free-flowing forum. I know, um, fortunately, one of my co-hosts is working today, so he's not going to be able to join us, the funny man himself, Mr. D.L. Henry. And I know Ms. Tanya will be joining us shortly, but um, she will, uh, she'll be joining us in about 10 minutes. So in the interim, I am curious. I have a question for you, and I just wonder how you relate or how do you identify with who Father God says you are in his word. I'm wondering if, you know, you have taken the time to sit back and to think about that because, you know, the word of God tells us that we are created in his image and in his likeness. It even says that we are gods with a small g, you know, not trying to be supreme being or anything like that, but that, you know, we are literally created in his image and in his likeness, and he has given us keys to the kingdom and a power and authority, and he says that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. He says that we are a pearl of great price. Um, he he said so many wonderful things. He's called us high priests and um and servants and friends and children and just so many so many adjectives to describe our relationship with him and how he feels about us. And I just really wonder how much time you take, and this is just kind of a a rhetorical question, just give you something to ponder and think about, but how much time do you that you take to think about the things that God has said regarding you? And the reason I'm asking that question is because I know that um, words have a propensity to shape how we see ourselves, all right? And so for many of us, there have been words that were spoken over us or to us as children still resonate in our minds and causes us to think um, small of ourselves, not to give ourselves um, value and to realize the great worth that we have. So, you know, if we are so quick and so bent on trusting and believing what man says about us, I'm wondering how much we trust and believe what God says about us. That's, that's kind of, you know, that's a, a thought, just something for you to ponder on today. How well do you 
um, identify with what Father God says you are in his word. How well do you relate to that? Is it something that's difficult for you? Is it something that, you know, it's hard for you to look in the mirror and see a reflection um, smiling back at you based on what he has said about you? Is it easier to look and to doubt your abilities, to doubt um, the greatness that God has within you, to doubt that you would ever accomplish the things that he has put before you, a doubt that, you know, your family will prosper and be in good health um, even as your soul prospers? I, I just, you know, I just wonder. I just wonder. And I guess the reason that maybe this is on the forefront of my mind today is because there are times, most of the time, most of the time where I feel I am this super giant, okay? <laughs> I do. I feel like, you know, I can take on any and everything. But I only feel that way because I feel that I'm a small person in the hand of God, and God is this super giant around me, and as long as he's carrying me, it's kind of like I am in his shadow, and, and he is that, that, that huge, big God that steps up and makes anything that I'm facing pale in comparison and scurry off. Literally, you know, I, I believe that my my foes may rise up and, and come against me, but they're going to flee seven times, seven ways. And I believe they're going to do that, not because they see me, but because they see the greatness of my God in my situations. But there are times when I forget um, that there is this great God that has me in the palm of his hand. And when things come up against me, I look at the things rather than looking at God, and then that causes me to say, woo, I don't know what I'm going to do about that one, okay? So I, I guess that's why I'm asking you, what are your days like? How do you perceive yourself? How do you perceive your days? How do you perceive what's coming up against you? How do you perceive your trials and your tribulations? Because if you can get a picture within yourself that, you know, you are great and mighty only because you are this little person in the hand of God, but he is great and mighty. And so because, you know, you are being carried by him, it makes you great and mighty. It's almost uh, oh, man, what was the name of that movie? Um, Total Recall. Remember at the end of Total Recall, and I'm talking about the first one with, um, I think it was it Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think. I don't know. Anyway, whoever it was, the first one, uh, yeah, it was Arnold. Um, at the end, when they finally met the brain behind the revolution, he was this minuscule little being that was operating within this man. Okay, and because he had this man wrapped around him, it seemed like he had more power than what he had. Well, I see myself as this minuscule little being, but I'm inside of God. So as long as he's wrapped around me, then I have this power. It's not my power. I fully understand it's not my power. Okay, trust me. But it causes me to square my shoulders a little bit more and to hold my head up a little higher because I know the power that worketh within me and around me. So just, you know, just throwing that out there. I'm praying, I'm praying that, you know, you are seeing yourself and perceiving yourself as God sees you and perceives your 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 creation. Because truly God created you with, with greatness. Uh, with purpose, with with might, um, and with strength that I don't even think you realize you have. Because he said in his word that um, his strength is found in our weakness. So the weaker you are, the stronger he is because he is all you have, you know, and you have to rely on him. And it's that relying on him that gives you um, the power to overcome. So anyway. Hope that that helps somebody. I just came out this week of 21 days of strategic faith declarations. We had an awesome time on Facebook Live every morning sharing the Word of God and sharing um, our heart and and what God would give us for each day to focus our faith on uh, where we're headed, where we're going in life. So. 
Uh, I hope that, you know, all of you had opportunity to join in. If not, then, you know, the, the videos are, are definitely on my Facebook page, Elder Colette James. Um, and there was an event page, 21 Days of Strategic Faith Declarations, and all of the videos are posted on there as well. But going through that time, it was very interesting for me um, to see the different people that came against um, what was taking place. It was it was very interesting for me. Um, people had so many, ne- well, I won't say so many. There was only a couple. But they had negative things about declaring um, the things of God over our lives and declaring who God says we are. So I guess that's an, that kind of ties into my question as well. And it just, it really amazes me um, that people could think it'd be wrong <laughs> to declare what the word of God says about us over us. That That's a mystery to me, how what God said about me could be wrong for me to make a declaration and stand on. You know, this wasn't, we weren't declaring man's declarations. We weren't declaring houses and land and cars and all of that mess. We were declaring God's will in our lives. We were declaring that we would align ourselves with God's will for our lives. We were declaring that we would embrace the spirit of the living God as our spiritual being. We would embrace the mind of Christ as our mindset. We would embrace the things that God said were healthy for us, for our physical being, and and we would live a more healthy lifestyle, and we would take better care of our bodies. We talked about relationships and, and, and aligning ourselves with what God said a healthy relationship should be and how we are to love one another and, and not um, just constant being a constant place of judgment over others and learn how to forgive and to move on. And, and um, we talked about our profession, where, where we were on our jobs, and if we were called to the marketplace, where we were in the marketplace and in business. And we even talked about our finance and, and how um, God has given us seed time and harvest and how important it is to have a plan, have a, a financial plan for our lives and for our families and to budget and to, you know, not just do a lot of frivolous spending and, and different things of that nature. So it was interesting to me that people would come against that and say, is this really of God or is this of man? And, um, you know, where does it say that, you know, you are to decree over yourself or you're to speak things into being? And it was, it was, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I have to laugh because part of it to me was really comical because, you know, I went to the scripture and pulled out the scripture and showed where it said it. And there was still, you know, resistance and, you know, a twist. And, and it was just, hmm, yeah, exactly. It was just things that make you go, hmm. So, you know, I I don't take offense to things like that. I really don't because what it, it does for me is it makes me really, really go deeper into the word of God and into the place of God um, because I don't ever want to um, – teach a miss. I don't ever want to share something that's not of God. Um, I'm very conscious of that um, because I believe that as a teacher, it's a great responsibility sharing the word of God. So, you know, when things come at me like that, it just makes me, okay, God, is is this you? Am am I flowing properly? You know, am I doing something wrong or what? Um, and, And so it just, it was so refreshing. And, and God was so amazing during this time that he would, the same way people would come against and come at me for sharing the things that I was sharing, God would strategically raise up people that would would be ministering, having nothing to do, not even knowing me, not knowing what God was walking me through at that period of time, but would raise them up to speak a word, and that word was spot on on what he had given me to share. So that was, you know, that was very, very interesting. So I'm, I'm again, just, this is just out here, just, just kind of free-flowing today, um, wondering 
do you get confirmation? Do you hear from God when you are going forth in the things of God? And I, I believe that that's important. I, I I know that, you know, we tend to have a mindset of, well, if God told me to do it, don't nobody else have to tell me anything, and I'm going to do just what God said, and yada, yada, yada. And then I understand that. But at the same time, I think it's vitally, vitally important that we check ourselves because, you know, we are human beings. We're not God's supreme being. We may be created in his image and in his likeness and um, God little g or, you know, we, we desire to have the mind of Christ and, and flow in the spirit. But there are, there are, we can never get to a place where we're so confident in ourselves. That's the problem, that we get so confident in ourselves that we forget to check ourselves against the word of God or check ourselves in the spirit of God. You know, we need to make sure that we never get cocky in this thing called faith. Okay, um, that's important. Uh, I believe that I've seen people get to that place where there's a certain air of arrogance. And, and you know what? Let me be transparent. Let me be honest. Because I think there was a point in time in my life that I felt that I kind of was in that place. I'll never forget this. And this is being transparent many, many years ago. Um, and this is when I was still working for Don. And um, I, I was at work, and we were having a discussion. I was having a discussion with a young lady, and and literally, I believe that she was searching for answers. And when I look at it on in hindsight, you know, I'm very disappointed in my response to her. But um, she asked a question, and it was something to the effect of, "How can I be certain?" of, you know, of heaven or where I'm going. And and my response, you know, was in my, my certainty was in God. But I remember my delivery to her um, was in a, in kind of a cocky, arrogant manner. Like, you know, I believe in God, you know, and, and I know, you know, it was like it, I did not give her a proper response. And God checked me on it. He checked me on it. And that's how I knew <laughs> that I didn't respond in the, in the proper spirit. Um, and he showed me that my response to her was a place of arrogance. And I think that, um, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, I think that some of us that walk around in this little bubble called Christianity that we place ourselves in, sometimes think that, you know, we've got all the answers and if you don't align yourself with exactly what I'm saying to you, then, you know, almost to where you're beneath me. And that is so far away from, from the Spirit of God. It is so far away from the Spirit of God. One thing the Word of God teaches us is to come let us reason together. Come let us reason together. And what does that mean? Come let us, let us talk. Let us dialogue. You know, I I went yesterday, and I'm going to tell you guys, you should go see this movie. I went yesterday to see the new movie that's out um, about Paul. Um, Paul, the Apostle of Jesus Christ, I believe is the name of it. And um, Jim Cavelli, Cavelsi, the the guy that played Jesus in The Passion of Christ, he plays Luke in the movie. Uh, and it was it was a very interesting movie from very, from different perspectives to me. And I'm not, I'm not going to do a spoiler on the movie or whatever, but to see the different perspectives, to see from the perspective of Paul um, in his final days, knowing that he was about to to be killed, to see from the perspective of Luke, who who knew Christ through the life of Paul. You know, he didn't walk with Christ. He he didn't experience Christ in the natural, but he learned of Christ through the life of Paul and to see how impactful that was on his life, to see um, the martyrdom and the things that um, the first century, quote-unquote, Christians had to walk through during the time of Nero and, and the Roman oppression. Um, to see life through all these various different 
eyes was very, very enlightening for me. It, it put different perspectives on on different things, and I think that we forget. And, and, and seriously, we we because we quote unquote call ourselves Christians, we forget that the first two or three centuries of quote unquote Christians were were um, predominantly Jewish Jews that, you know, had followed the teachings of Christ. And and because of Paul, the likes of Paul and Timothy and Luke going abroad and, and ministering the word of God, then the Gentiles were engrafted in. But, you know, these were people that had to overcome some incredible difficulties and and mindsets to get to the place of understanding really what a great sacrifice Christ made and and they had to shift in their thinking. And I think that until we as quote unquote this Christian little paradigm <laughs> our mindset shifts and we come out of that thought pattern of religiosity and looking at being a Christian as being a religion and, and until we can get to that place of relationship and experiencing the love of God and the grace of God on our lives and understanding what that truly means and how it relates to everything around us. I think until we can get to that place, um, we're, we're never going to encounter all that God created us for, nor will we ever walk in the power in which he has given us authority, authority over, because it's not in that, in, in that title of being a Christian. It is in the place of relationship with your father God and with your elder brother Jesus and, and knowing that the Holy Spirit dwells within you. That is your place of empowerment. That is your place of growth. That is your place of victory. And until we can get to that place, we're never, ever going to really soar in the things that God has created us to accomplish. So just like I said, we're just kind of just little things for thought today. Um, My sister, my sister, how are you today? I'm so happy to see you on the line. Love you, love you, love you. What's going on with you? You know I love you. I'm always happy to be on the show. I was so excited to know we were having one today. And I was at work, but everybody knows that's why I love that I got to be on at a certain time. So they kind of get a little crazy. But I'm hearing you talk a little bit, sis, because you said we were basically having like an open conversation about several things. Right, right. So when you last left off and you were talking, what was? The, tell me your point real quick and then I, so I can add on okay. to you. Absolutely. So I, I started off the, the show kind of with a question, and the question was how well do you identify with who Father God says you are in his words? You know, how well do you identify with his word over your life as opposed to man's word over your life? And because so many of us get tied up and bound up because of the words that man has spoken over us, and we do not allow the words of God to set us free to set us free from that bondage. And I was sharing, I went yesterday to see the movie um, Paul, an Apostle of Christ. And it was so interesting to me to see from so many various different perspectives that the the movie came from. It was, you know, experiencing Paul in his final days, knowing that he was about to die, Um, experiencing Luke's passion for Christ, never walking with Christ, but just learning of Christ through Paul and and Paul's experience. and, and how profound it changed his life. And then um, learning and watching the, the Christians, um, as they were called as a derogatory thing at that point, but to watch them who were predominantly Jews who had to embrace a completely different mindset than what they grew up with, to learn of of Christ and to see God in a whole different context and actually see their own lives in a different context. And and with 
the thought and the threat of death looming over them at all times. It was just, it was really a very unique perspective or many different perspectives than the movie came from. And it just really, it, it caused me to think um, about how we see ourselves. You know, what perspective are we seeing ourselves from? Uh, if we are just seeing ourselves as, quote, unquote, this Christian, and it is only from a faith perspective that, you know, it is strictly a religious set that you belong to, then I don't think we'll ever accomplish the, the value um, that God has, we will never realize the value that God has instilled within us in our creation. So I was just, you know, saying that I just really would like for our listeners to kind of just do an introspect. I, I had also shared that, you know, I just came out of the 21 days of strategic faith declarations, and it was very, very um, interesting to me that there were a few people that kind of came against me with what I was doing, come against, coming against the declarations and coming against, you know, decreeing something over our lives on a daily basis and where was that coming from? And I literally went into the word of God and showed them in the word where God told us to decree a thing and it would be established. And and in the decrees that we were declaring over our lives, it was about aligning ourselves with the will of God. It was about being a better person. It was about taking on um, the characteristics of his Holy Spirit and the mindset of Christ and living a more healthy lifestyle and, you know, being being more um, um, responsible in our finances and different things. And it, it was just amazing to me that people could see that being wrong. And I'm like, okay, so I'm we're not making declarations for houses and cars and land and junk. You know, we're making declarations that the will of God would preempt it, be prominent in our lives. And how is that wrong? <laughs> and it was just it was just amazing to me to see these things. So that's kind of where I was coming from. You know, so this is amazing to me, you know, and what happens, what people need to know is I believe that there's many different levels in the kingdom of God, and, and we've talked about that before. And I have to tell people mm-hmm. out there, listeners, that are you listening, it's, please don't, I hope nobody takes it when I'm saying it's wrong. It's really your maturity level in your relationship with Christ. Because it's like mm-hmm. if you're in a marriage or if you're in a relationship with somebody and you guys are around each other all the time, you can basically tell how that person eats or how that person sleeps or how mm-hmm. that person mm-hmm. might respond. Even if, you know what I'm saying, they, you can almost tell their next word um, a lot of times mm-hmm. because that comes through time with the relationship. Well, right. it's different but not different when it comes to Christ because as you spend more time with him and you and your word – he literally gives you the interpretation of where you are and where you should be in your life. I asked a question mm-hmm. maybe several shows back, and I, and I heard this before. It said in the word of God, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Okay, we know all that. But he created us in his image. So mm-hmm. he, the word image comes from imagined. So when he created mm-hmm. us in his own image, and now you're here on this earth, if Christ looked down on you right now, would you hold the characteristics? Would he be able to say, mm-hmm. that's my child down there? Do you, do you, does Good it make question. sense? Because you're either one way Absolutely. or the other. So you're either, mm-hmm. you know, where, where, where we get mixed up is, and I'm, I'm going to be the first partaker, is that we measure the word of God according to our faith, and we measure it according to where we are in our lives. And we happen to sometimes, people, interpret it to fit what's going on in our lives. I'm not trying to be funny. You can say, okay, I'm married. Okay, you know about adultery. Okay, but he did me wrong. He cheated first. So mm-hmm. does that justify that you cheat? You still got to go mm-hmm. by what the Word not of God said. See, but right. what I'm saying is I've realized by talking to a lot of people, you got to hear this. I went to a church one time that a friend invited me to in Atlanta, and God rest his soul because he's no longer here. And I hope I'm not taking this out of content because I need to explain something because this is what really tripped me out. I went to his church. He invited me to his church, and they had a first man. I mean, they had a pastor with the first man. That first blew me back. 
when he said, it's tithing time, ooh, they was shouting hallelujah, the, the girls and the guys. I was like, this is all right. When he brought the word, he brought the word from the word of God because I knew it. And I was like, okay. But when I got home, I had to say to the Lord, what just happened to me? No offense. What just really happened to me? Because I was always taught one way. I'm not judging anybody. Please hear me. And I hope nobody takes it like this. But I couldn't understand what is everybody complaining about about this? Why is this so wrong? And this is what the Lord said to me. When you're in a Jezebel spirit, okay, you begin to make wrong right in your mind. So mm-hmm. when you already justify within yourself, do you get me what I'm saying, sis? Like you have some mm-hmm. people to say, mm-hmm. there's serial killers out there. Just hear me. And they murder people. But see, what people don't know is the reason why they call serial killers is because of their mentality to kill. And when you ask them, why did they do it? For some reason, they feel justified. Because when I was young and I was baby, my mom used to abuse me. And I didn't like women. So in their mind, they justified that it's okay to go out there and kill a whole bunch of women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's your mentality and the state of mind. I tell people all the time, mm-hmm. I heard a man tell me a long time ago. You can tell what a per- what's on a person's mind when they open up their mouths. You can say all you want to, that, that you're not um, um, into sexual immorality. But if all you're talking about is sex mm-hmm. and pornography mm-hmm. and everything else, then mm-hmm. what are you? Mm-hmm. So you can't. Amen. See, that's the point. The, the Word of God said, I didn't get it for a long time. Can you draw salt water from a freshwater well? No, you can't. Mm. And the trip part about it is a friend of mine had a tropical fish tank. He had to get a certain kind of water, certain kind of everything going there. And I kept saying to him, well, why can't those fish live in that other water over there? He said, because they need a certain pH in the water. They need a certain amount of salt mm-hmm. in the water. That's why they call mm-hmm. tropical freshwater fish. Okay, get it. Because if you mm-hmm. try to put them in the regular water, guess what's going to happen? You're going to die. Well, that's the same mm-hmm. thing, isn't it, sis? With us being as Christians. See, what's happening to us, we're dying because we're trying to rewrite the word of God that fits what we're going through. You can Mm -hmm. say all you want to, Mm -hmm. that you can go lay with somebody. Well, I ain't married. I can lay with anybody I want to. But the word of God Mm -hmm. talks about sexual immorality. Then I used to say, sis, and this was me, I ain't going to lie. Lord, I desire to be kept, but God, you know my heart. Yeah, he do know your heart. Mm. But do you know your heart? See, it's amazing that we always mm. tell God that he knows us, but we don't know ourselves. See, it's okay mm. to say, I, I can, can't, don't like a person for 10 years of my life. They did me wrong, Lord. You, you know my heart. That doesn't justify it, though. It still it is what not. it is. It's a sin. So what I'm saying to you is you've always gone into these fasts and declarations. And you know what? You need to teach a lot of people out there because, see, what's happening to us now is we don't know how to decree or declare because we're so used to asking for houses and cars, clothes and men -hmm. men or women in our lives that we don't know. We forgot that what we declare decree is, Lord, I desire to be closer to you. Lord, I desire to know your word even more to impact me, to instill me. Because in order for you to be impactful, in order for you to go out there and be faithful, you have to be committed. I heard a man say on the line this morning. See, what people don't understand is when you say yes to God's will, that means you're dying to yourself. And if you don't know how to die to yourself, then you'll never know what God's true perfect will is. Because you're still driving, and you tell him to ride in the passenger side. So just in case I get in an accident, Father, I want you to be right there. Now, I don't want you to drive because I got this. But if I get in an accident, you're going to be there? You're going to be my insurance provider? You're going to take care of me mm-hmm. if something happened to me, Lord? See, I used to do that. I, I, I did. And I used to say to the Lord, I'm going to do it anyway. You Basically, you ain't working fast enough. I love you, but I need you to bless it. But you know what? I had to, call, I had to pay for those consequences. It came along to my actions oh. and my decisions. And what, you know what really trips me out the most? We have the nerve to be angry with God when we go out there on our own way and do what we're doing and we make a mistake or something happens, God forbid, we come up with a disease or something else. 
I'm just going to keep, keep eating pork, and you know you ain't got no business eating pork. Well, what do you think? And then you say, but I've been praying over my body. Well, if you're praying for the temple of God, read the word of God, then it'll tell you what to eat. It'll tell you what lines up with your body. Yeah, you cannot yeah. keep doing You can't say, I'm going to drink every day and don't expect something to happen to your body. I'm just here to tell everybody, I'm the first partaker. We need to get real with ourselves, people, and we need to get real with God. Yeah. Because, again, yeah. for some reason, we keep <laughs> treating them like a genie in a bottle or a bad relationship. Yeah, I want you in my relationship right now. I'm, I'm having some problems. Um, I got my husband left me. My finances is crazy. Then we pray. Then the minute we see a breakthrough, we stop praying. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing to me, again, that people don't understand your stand. Because you know why? Because they're not there in the level of their faith yet. That doesn't make you greater. It doesn't make them less. They're just not there where they're supposed to be. Don't you agree, sis? We always come down to the same thing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I I wholeheartedly agree. I I just find it unsettling that a person, and, and, you know, and and as I'm saying this, the spirit is dealing with me on this, just thinking, and, and maybe that was why I was so drawn to go see the movie yesterday about Paul, that in his, in his zeal, thinking that he was doing God's bidding, he was killing God's people until he had his own encounter with God on his Damascus road. So and as and as you were just saying what you're saying, it just ties in completely that people can absolutely positively think that what they're saying and what they're doing, they're doing in the name of God. But if they don't keep themselves, and we talked about this just before you got on the air, if you don't keep yourself open to say, you know, check me, Lord. And that's what I was saying about, you know, the the couple of people that came at me. It was like what it does for me, it makes me check me and say, okay, you know, because I don't ever, I don't ever, ever, ever want to teach something that's contrary to what God would say, okay? That, that is one of my greatest um, things when I open my mouth. So when people come at me, it causes me to go deeper into the word of God, deeper into my time with God to say, okay, you know, it, am I on the right path? Am I doing correctly? It, it's an awesome thing to have um, a spiritual father that I can, you know, talk to and say, you know, this is what I, I believe I hear God saying and, you know, what do you, you know what I'm saying? What is your take on it? Not, you know, um, am, to a to degree, am I on point? But, you know, we always, we never want to get cocky and arrogant, you know? And that, that was the other thing I was sharing before you got on. Because I believe that there was a time in my life and God had to pull me down off of that little high horse that I was kind of cocky in my my belief system of him and to a point where I did not properly respond when someone had a question. And I believe that that person was really in a place of seeking, but because I was in this place of arrogance in God, you know what I'm saying, that my response was not in the spirit of pliability, not in that place of where God says, come, let us reason together. I don't believe I have all the answers. I don't believe I know everything. I try, you know, to make sure that I I press into the place of God before I, I'll turn on Facebook Live, before we get on these radio broadcasts, before I get before God's people. I'm always in that place of God. You speak through me. I don't want to speak me, because me can be off, me can be wrong, but if I'm availing myself to you and allowing you to speak through me, then I'm good. You know what I'm saying? If I am speaking as his his oracle, then I know I'm cool. But, you know, we've all, I believe this in my soul, we've all been in a place where we have opened our mouths and we spoke in our flesh and not in the spirit of God. And we have to be mindful of that. 
I agree. I agree. If you remember, sis, I was telling you um, um, we were having a show one day, and, and it, it really stunned me. And like you're saying, I love in the Word of God where it says, the Holy Spirit to give us utterance to pray for things that we know not of. Mm-hmm. I love the mm-hmm. fact in the Word of God where it says, the Lord will give you an angel in charge over you to keep you in all thy mm-hmm. ways and thy statutes. I love that one. And it's the truth. And let me tell you, because he gave me the spirit of boldness. And um, I never was a bold person. It didn't seem like it when I was younger. I was more timid, believe it or not. My boldness came, I truly believe, from the Lord, but it also came from the world. Now, let me tell you why I said that. When I would begin to speak to people, because I had that knack to be able to say things, people say, you have the ability to say things to people that most people probably get cussed out behind, but you will say it to them. And they'll laugh, or they'll, you know what I'm saying, or they'll accept it. Well, after you're hearing that mm-hmm. from a while, it's so easy to get caught up in flesh that this is what I didn't mm-hmm. realize. you got to hear me. I start telling people how I felt. What you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I was mm-hmm. just giving it to them. Mm-hmm. And I leave, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie to you. I was like, good, that's what they get. They deserve to know that. And then when I go home one day, the Holy Spirit said to me, just because I gave you the spirit of boldness, that did not give you a right to misuse it. I went, Lord, I don't mm. understand. He said, where you thought you were being bold in correction of helping people, you were bold that you were destroying and you were setting forest fires. I was like, what? Mm. You got to hear me, people. See, that's why you got to be mm. led when the Lord tell you to be able to give a word to somebody. Because if anybody Amen. recall, I'm going to be the first partaker. The Lord gave me the gift of prophecy. It's, it's easy to flow in the spirit, but I'm going to tell you, you got to know the word of God because when that spirit tells you to shut up, you got to know when to shut up. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know that's put right. those two cents in it like I have, then what you've done is you've caused destruction in that land. And I'm going to tell you why. Because mm-hmm. it's sad to say so many people want to get prophesied to. But they they don't want they hold on to it verbatim. They don't know that a lot of times it's what they do in their lives can change what was predestined to be, or maybe take longer because yes. you took another route. So what I'm t- what you're trying to tell people right now is again what we always come to: know God for yourself. It would not have Hallelujah. been the woman at the wedding, a prostitute. That was just got done sleeping with somebody. Jesus was sitting at the well. He knew that she was coming. Mm-hmm. He could have been mm-hmm. anywhere. But the reason why they put an illustration, people, in the word of God about the woman at the well, because he's letting the woman know, you may have a sexual problem. You may be sleeping with other women's men, but you can be delivered. You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. to you? You got disciples, they yeah. were liars and thieves. But God transformed their lives. He took everybody to have something wrong. Since you remember a long time ago, we had went to a church, and I forgot where it was. I don't want to say Florida, but um, I, I think it was a book you had or something. It was called Bad Girls in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, remember that? I still have that book. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know what? Y'all need to read that word because you know what? There were some people in there, Naomi, Ruth. All these people had a purpose. But see, what God did was, he didn't take the ones that were high on their pedestals, the Pharisees, and all them that I was looking down on people. That's why they didn't understand it. They was more mad because God didn't use them. He couldn't use them. They was too high in their selves. They believed that they knew it better than God. See, the reason why a lot of us out there are not being used by God, because you think you already got it figured out. You're telling God that this is the way you want it. I want you to make it that way. I'm going to paint this picture. And I want you to put your stamp of approval on it. That's the husband I want. That's the wife that I want. That's the house that I want. Uh-huh. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with uh-huh. that. But see, you forgot one thing. My sister trying to tell you. See, you can decree and declare something, but if you ain't going to go out there and get a job and no education to get the money, how you going to move in that house? What you thought you was going to uh-huh. decree and declare and God going to go, I'm going to give you the house. He ain't going to give you no house to cost $5,000 a month if your finances don't line up to it. Come on, people. Yeah. Everybody waiting to win the lottery. We spend thousands and thousands of dollars because we want that one lucky ticket. We say it can change everything. Well, you better talk to somebody mm-hmm. that's one million because I hear a lot of people tell me this. 
To much is given, much is required. Yeah. I looked at Oprah one day and I said, that's why that lady got a lot of money. But see, what people don't know is she has a study to show thyself approved. My sister, where she is, Elder Clark right now, This she's not telling you something because this is something she just thought of. She's been in the Word of God for a long time. There's been endless times that she's been in 20-day, 40-day shut-ins in a church. And don't go outside. She does everything in there. So what people got to realize is, see, people disrespect your joy because they don't have it. Because they don't want to put in what you got to put in to get it. Don't you know that? See, people, wait, you know what? You're waiting on God to make you happy when he already gave you the ability. This morning when I said my prayer on my way to work, I said, Lord, I need you to be there with me. He said, what you praying that for? I'm there. I'm there if you put me there. I said, yeah, Lord, but I, I just want you to make sure that, you know, everything is laid out. He said, it's done. I told you I sent the angel before you to break up the solid ground and make the crooked places straight. Now what you praying for? I said, you know what, Daddy? You're right. See, what he's saying is, why do you keep crying to me behind the same thing when I've equipped you with everything that you need? But what happens is we don't want to walk in it because it's either too painful, it takes too long, or it just seems like it's too strenuous. Well, I got news for you. I'm doing real estate right now. And as much as I want to pass that test, I can't pass that test until I study. If I go in there like I did before and half-step it, I'm not going to pass it. That's with anything. Whatever you want to do, you have to apply yourself. It is more than just believing it. Lord, you showed me a vision. You showed me this, but I'm here. And he said, yeah, it's all them detours that you turn. When I told you to go left, you went right. When I told you to go right, you went left. When I told you to keep your eye on me, you mm-hmm. looked at somebody else, then you got off track. But I can still bless you. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should have a show about how hard is it to keep focus right now with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what, that is so funny you would say that because that was in my spirit, too, was about, you know, keeping focus. It really was. It's not easy, you know, and that's what we're trying to, you know, we always trying to stress that to our listening audience, but it's worth it. Please hear me. It is. It's so, it's mm-hmm. so worth it when you finally make it there. It's just, please believe me. I'm a shortcutter. I'm telling you guys from experience, it's not worth it. Because when it all turns around, guess what? You're still going to go right back to the same place where you're supposed to be. You just mm-hmm. lost time. It's like the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. He could have blessed the children of Israel. But he know what happened? The reason why they had to travel so long, because they were disrespectful. They thought they had it. They didn't want to listen to God. And they only wanted him in there when they wanted him in there. No more than mm-hmm. that. Now we look. We stuck. Feed us. He gave them manna. Mm-hmm. Know what they said? It ain't enough. We don't want this now. We had, they, we had enough of manna. Then he gave them quail. When they ain't enough quail to have everybody, know what they said? What next? Mm-hmm. That's what happens in our lives. You pray for that, finally mm-hmm. get that transportation. And then when you finally driving mm-hmm. that new piece of car and you pay that first car note, guess what? Thrill is gone away. You move in that brand new house. You put all that new furniture and everything in it. And you hit that first house note, guess what? The thrill has gone away. Now you okay. get a big house, now you want something bigger. We're never satisfied. And that's what's wrong. Nope. We've allowed the enemy to sweeten our taste buds to taste for something we cannot obtain. Mm-hmm. We, we, don't, we never get enough. You know, it's never nope. enough. No matter what you have, you always want more. I, I I was thinking about someone that I know recently and um and how different their mindset has changed. It was it's interesting to see that when they had little and you know, and they were building their business in the beginning, it was like a completely different mindset. Everybody mattered, you know, took time to um, appreciate people and do things and what have you. And it seemed that the more their business grew, the more their mindset shifted to everything was about the bottom line and, you know, and the margins and 
um, oh, my margins aren't where they need to be, and oh, I need to cut back over here. And it was all about them holding on to what they had literally been blessed to achieve. You know, it was no longer appreciating those that were helping you build what you were building, then it was always, you know, well, yeah, they just got to go and I got to, you know, I don't have time to be nice anymore and yada, yada, yada. And that that really grieves my spirit because it was like, and I literally was having a conversation with somebody about this and it was like, it it is very interesting to see. You would think that because now you have more, you could actually be a blessing and do more. But instead, it's the opposite. Now, because you have more, you're so mindful to hold on to what you have that you don't appreciate people any longer. Or people, the only thing that they mean to you is a means to an end to your bottom line. Come and that's on, a sad come on scenario. That's a, that's a sad scenario. But there are many in this world that are like that. I Tam, you know me. I'm always transparent. I'll never forget this. Remember the the um, the retreat we had up in the Smoky Mountains. Um, I remember when God had put it on my heart for us to do that to to have a woman's retreat up in the Smoky Mountains. We really had a blessed time at the retreat too. But prior to it. I made all of the arrangements and put the home um, that we were going to be, all of us were going to be staying in, I put it on hold without having the finances to to fund it. And I, I never charge a registration fee for my retreats and my conferences and stuff because that's just not how God has led me to do it, you know. And I remember um, when I first got into ministry, this was back in 1990, I remember saying to God, I don't ever want to be dependent on on ministry to support me. I always want to be in a place that as you tell me to go, as you tell me to sow into the lives of others, I can do that. It is not, I don't ever want to hold a meeting to make money. I don't want that to be my mindset. So I always want to be, you know, to where you will bless me to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of for the meeting. And I've hold, held true to that all these years, and, and God has always been faithful to it. But I remember um, as I was putting everything in motion for it, because I don't, I don't plan conferences or retreats until I hear from God and he tells me what he wants. And so I planned it, and I remember all of a sudden, after the plan had been made, I got a call out of the blue from somebody that wanted to hire me um, to work an event. And it was really a blessing. And um, and so when I talked to the person, I was like, okay, we agreed to a price for, for my services. But I had told him, I said, okay, now I am not in a position right now where I can work this whole thing because it was going to take two or three months before the event was going to happen, where I can work this whole thing without – you know, having something up front. So I would like half up front and then half at the time of the event. And they agreed to that. And so by them sending me that half, because it was so many thousands of dollars, and by them sending me that, I was able to do what I needed to do for the home that we were going to use for the retreat. God just really blessed it. But I remember it was like I, I did I did everything God told me to do, and then there was something else. And I don't remember what it was, but there was something else that needed to be done. And I remember thinking and my spirit got grieved because I was now at the end of the money that I had, had been given me. And as I was driving and I was having a conversation with God, and God said so clearly, is your trust in that money or is your trust in me? Why are you worrying about what I blessed you with being gone if I am the provider and the supplier of everything you need? And, girl, if I tell you, whatever it was that needed to be done, it was like it was done that day. I I didn't even think twice about it because it shook me into reality of, oh, my God, I had went the same mindset that I'm describing right now about this other person was my mindset right then that, oh, my God, I hadn't had any finances in so long, and suddenly I had finances, but there was so much that I needed to do with what I had, and I came to the end of it, but I had done everything that he had asked me 
to do. And in doing that, it solidified the fact that he would continue to bless, that my 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 strength, my my faith, my my um confidence was not in this tangible money. It had to be in him. I had to trust him. I had to trust him when I didn't have the money. I had to trust him with the money and had to trust him when the money was gone. And it but it, it got me into a place with him that that instant that it was like, Oh Lord no. It was like, no, I am not putting my trust in this money. No, 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 no. You know, and sometimes we have to hear things like that, or God has to say things to jolt us to say, ho, ho, hold up, hold up. Do you trust me, or do you trust that little, them little pennies that you're holding on to? Because really what it was was pennies in the hands of God, you know? And we have to get to that place where in all things, in all things, I don't care what it is, in all things, our trust has to be in him, has to be in him, not in houses, cars, land, money. If, if America hasn't learned anything else, they, better, they should have learned you cannot trust in a 401K, you cannot trust in a job, you cannot trust in a bank account. Because over these past 10 years, from 2008 to 2018, the, the system has failed you. It has truly failed you. What you thought you had, you no longer have. They've had the Bernie Madoffs, the swindlers, the, the, the stock market crash, the factories closing. Everything you could think of that could happen has been happening to put your mindset into a place that you're not trusting in mammon. You're not trusting in mammon. You're not trusting in money. You're not trusting in tangible things. Your trust has got to be in God got to be, because in him you're going to live, and in him you're going to die. So you, you better trust him in everything in between that time, because you're not taking any of this with you, none of it. So it's, it, you know, it's, I, 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 I want to leave a legacy for my family, but the greatest legacy that I can leave them is my trust in God, so that they know whether you have tangible things or not, you have God. And he is Amen. better and, and more real than any of it. Amen. You know? Amen. Yes. Hey, baby. Amen. I'm, you there. You know what, what you're saying is, and it's the truth. When I retired off of one of my jobs I had, I cashed out pretty good. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I did. I got beside myself. Then I began to look at my husband upside his head crazy. And, I, you know, I'm trying to say because I had a little money in the bank, and I was feeling good about it. But you know what? Before I looked up, everything began to be due. Everything needed to be done. Before I knew it, I didn't have anything. But it still comes back to the same thing, that my trust is in God, not was and not in that money. Because I'm still surviving just as good. I'm still eating, haven't missed a meal. God wish I need to miss a couple of them. But everything that you're seeing is true. Place in your life where your trust is solely in God, which is one of the hardest things to do. I'm not telling you it's easy. But it is worth it. That's what I'm saying. Yes. It's 100% worth yes. it. Then you will begin to see your life take a turn for the different. If you don't have anything in your life that's never changed, someone once told me to get something different that you've never had, you got to do something different that you've never done. Why exactly. don't you try Christ? And why don't you try Amen. a relationship with him? Not just knowing him Amen. on the sideline or through your grandmama. Because, see, I told the Lord, I, I, my grandmother was a woman of faith, but I want to know you for myself. I don't need my grandmother's Amen. faith. I need my own faith. Amen. My godmother was a, word, a woman of God. But one thing she always taught me and my sister, is, don't want to be who I am. Want to be your best you. Because when you're your best you, can't nobody do you better than anybody else but you. Amen. 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 Well said, well said. Great way to end the show. You know, just the, our, our whole thought pattern as God has led us on today, that you would trust your faith, your hope in God. You know, and I, I'm going back to the original question I asked at the beginning of the show. How well do you identify with who Father God says you are in his word? Have you embraced who you are in him as opposed to who you are by the standards of man. That, that's what this is about, seriously. I love you all with the love of Christ. I'm praying that you have an in.
incredible week. And you yeah. guys be blessed Love in the you. Lord. Amen. Love you too, beautiful. Amen. Right. Amen. Have a great evening. You too. Let's keep it real. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.